Hey, coming up on your favorite podcast, my good friend Ty comes back to the podcast to chat it up, chop it up, uh, chat about uh, golf, New Year's resolutions. Uh, we'll tie in a little bit to the beginning with the uh, the story out of, Bu- out of Cincinnati and Buffalo on Monday night. Uh, we didn't get to that story because we recorded the Monday pod prior to the Monday night game, which is something we don't normally do. So normally we like to watch the game as we do the pod, but uh, didn't happen this time. So we didn't have any commentary on that. And I'm not going to necessarily spend a lot of time on it uh, because it's had a couple of days now through the news cycle. In fact, some of that's been probably the problem is that it's had a couple of days in the news cycle. So we'll chat a little bit about that, but it's going to be kind of a fun pod, kind of kind of bounce around a little bit. We'll talk golf a little as well, because we haven't had a chance to chat much golf on, on this podcast in probably about five or six months. So it'd be good to, to talk it up with Ty a little bit and uh, go from there. So Tyus and me on the pod next. Hey, it's the Tim Anderson podcast. I'm Tim. And that's my buddy Ty over on the other side of this screen. Hey, Tyus, good to see you. Hey, Tim, I am very, very, very excited to be here. It's been too long. I never it has been too long. Invite. Oh well, of course. You know the the invite is always it's always here. You can always come in anytime you want. You just say right. the word. You say, Tim, I've got things I want to say, and the the and you're on, and that's it. That's all you have to do. Well, here I am, and I have things to say. Well, fantastic, as do I. Did you dig yourself out? We've had about a foot of snow uh, in the last 24 hours. How are things over at your place? You surviving? Yes, we are. Um, we had a snow day at work today, which worked out nicely that I was able to take the family um, on a little uh, fun adventure. Um, somewhat fortunate that my father-in-law, who stays with us a lot of times, is home with his plow truck. But this is my first time uh, making a hockey rink for the kids on the back pond. So my wife and I spent about two hours out there today uh, (laughs) trying to lift the heaviest snow over a five-foot bank. It was not fun. Yeah, that's a lot of work, man. That's putting putting in some effort. A a hockey rink. You're going with the outdoor pond rink, huh? Yep, yep, yep. We're trying trying to give my kids the same excitement I had when I was a kid, and that was that was probably my favorite part about winter was skating on you know skating on the pond. So that's what are we're you putting up boards and everything else? Are you trying to do complete the whole hockey experience here? Or? Nope, nope. First year, I've n- I've never flooded a rink before, so I'm just kind of doing some trial and error stuff, and it's it's been pretty good. No boards, but I certainly have a plan for next year for boards. So. Do you have a zamboni? Uh, no, but I do have a stick that has a towel attached to it that works as a Zamboni. It's kind of an old. I like you know, that. Okay. That's what our dads used to do is drag that thing around. So you basically just attach a, an old towel to a stick and drag it around. It's it, You drag it around and it's perfect square and it, you know. It's uh, that's, you know, I, I. I don't have any experience with that because obviously I can't skate. I've never ice skated one day in my life. You can't skate? Can't skate. No, I can't skate. Of course not. Don't look at oh, me like that either. Like yeah. I'm supposed to know how to skate. No, I don't know how to goddamn skate. I've never yes. skated in my life. No, you got to know how to skate. You live never in Minnesota. Been on a, never, I've never been in a pair of ice skates. Then why do you live in Minnesota? 
because my you don't fucking, you don't my parents were born here and I have no choice. I, know. I have to live here in this dump. Why don't you? I don't want you to leave. I'm not trying to. Well, give I'm you yeah, that idea. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, but do you want me to leave tomorrow? I mean, what do you want me to do? Your golf season's four months long. It's, you don't ice it's fish. About, it's about you, seven months long. In you fairness, can, my golf it, season's long. That is it's, true. You you are going to stretch it as as far as it can be stretched. But I play from April to November, which skate. is the season. What are you doing here? I don't skate. You're right. I don't skate. I uh, I don't I don't I don't even roller skate. I don't roller blade. Uh, I don't do That's any of that than stuff. Skating. Rollerblading is harder than skating. That's a matter. I mean, the, the whole skate sharpening thing is scary to me. I just feel like we're going to get a finger severed. I mean, like I just, <laughs> I got, I, I've never wanted to do that. And it's just the idea of like, you know, if I like lose my edge, I'm going to fall on my ass right on this ice and it sucks. I'm not going to do that. I hate that. Well, you just have to practice. Do you know I've fall? called several hockey games. Like that's as close to the ice as I've been. I would love to call a hockey game with you. That would be a blast. I'll have to get you out sometime when I have an open game. Uh, I'm trying to work some of those in. Like I'm trying to – well, here's the problem uh, with the local announcers. Uh, I'm like the third guy, right? So I'm announcer number three. The big shots get first pick and they get everything. And what do they want? They all want football and they all want hockey. So I get a lot of volleyball and I get a lot of basketball. I get a lot of hockey. I, I don't get a lot of hockey – but I do get a lot of volleyball and hoops, which is actually I'm looking forward to with, with boys volleyball getting approved uh, in the next year or two. We're going to have boys var- var- varsity volleyball. I'll be calling that too. Kind of looking forward to that because I've enjoyed volleyball. I think that's uh, it's a fun sport to call. Basketball is a fun sport to call, but I just don't get hockey games. Yeah, I would love to call volleyball with you too. I'll have to get you out next year for volleyball. I think we could always use a good volleyball hand. Right. There you go. I got to talk to you about a couple things. So right before we get to some of the other stuff, obviously I'm going to talk a little golf with you here since we haven't had a chance to chat at all about golf in probably like five, six months. Um, that damn football pod takes over everything around here, as you know. Um, it's a moneymaker. It, oh, it's huge money. Yeah, a lot of money. It's just pouring in, pouring in. Now, we did not talk about – oh, hang on a minute. What the hell are you doing for our folks on the video side of this? So are you? what's in the glass here? Sorry, I should have done this before, but I forgot. What are you doing? I am opening up a bottle of wine. That, that plays into my New Year's resolution. Look at you. So you're going to crack open a bottle of wine right here on the pod? Well, mazel tov. I've got my uh, coffee and – Look at that. Look at that little contraption. Oh, boy. Looks like we're pouring a red of some sort. Yep. This is a Brix blend. A Brix blend. Brix, B-R-I-X is a wine term. Okay. All right. And uh, you got to let that breathe a minute. Okay. I see what you're doing here. You got to let that breathe. I get that. Classic wine glass. You've poured that in a Yeti. That's very... (laughs) A low ball. It's a classy one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, should we get you an ice cube or something with that as well? Uh, you know, how do you want to serve that anyway? Not, not with the red, no. No, and that's been my issue. I talked about this the other day with somebody with wine that I need, like, it's too dry. It's too warm. I went to a ta- wine tasting a couple years ago for baseball. Like, a baseball team was doing a wine tasting. And I tried all these wines, and some of them were decent. Some of them weren't. But, man, they were dr- some of the, a lot of the reds felt dry and warm. And I'm like, I need something to drink after that drink. So I don't know if I can handle wine. Yeah, and you definitely want your reds to be dry and warm. Uh, but the nice thing is you you would enjoy drinking wine with me because I keep my wine in my garage, which is kept at 50 degrees. So, so it's chilled. It's chilled. Yeah, it's chilled. 
it's chilled. Yeah, I still have to come over and see the new place. So uh, maybe that's part of the exchange here. You get to come on the pod. I get to come over to the new place. And well, we have to scout out a spot to, to do the well, draft. So, Well, 100%. 100% yeah, we, we will have to do that. Speaking of that, we'll talk about uh, football here. But So we did the pod Monday. Want to announce that to the – so the, the folks who heard the pod know that we recorded that at about 3 o'clock uh, Central Time before the Monday night game, which is different than what we normally do. We normally like to record the pod during the Monday night game uh, so that we could kind of have that as the backdrop and the finishing touch for the week. Um, so we obviously recorded it and had it up before the Monday night game even started. So nothing on the uh, DeMar Hamlin situation has has come across this podcast since then. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's been hashed pretty good. But I, but I feel like there is something that does, I think, kind of need to be addressed here a little bit. Um, just from my perspective of it. First of all, I, I will say this. Uh, once again, I'm a guy that requires nuance. I need nuance in the discussion. I cannot continue to operate in this area of black and white, uh, which is what I think everybody wants to do, especially in the media, sports media, things like that. I want to operate in the shades of gray nuance area where a couple of things can be true at once. The first thing I want to say is this. Watching the, I watched it live. It was, it was, it was um, uh, scary. I mean, it was downright scary. And, and I feel for him and I'm hopeful that the news continues to improve on him uh, and that he's able to get back on the field or even if not on the field, just redeem, you know, regain some semblance of, of, of health and normalcy and happiness. And I want that because I'm a human being. And I think that's what we should all be about first is being, being that right. So I'm all for that. And it took me right back to, I'm old enough to remember Hank Gathers, uh, like 1989, Loyola Marymount. Uh, that was downright frightening um, to see those highlights. Even now, if you go watch that on YouTube, it's it's chilling. It's chilling to watch the Hank Gathers stuff. Um, the Reggie Lewis for the Boston Celtics, he collapses in the middle of a playoff game. They He actually goes back into the game for some stupid reason, and he dies two months later in a pickup game. Um you, John McSherry was an umpire who, who died seven pitches into the opening game of a, of the opening day of a Cincinnati Reds game. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of these these really scary experiences, really scary. And there's the Chris Pronger getting hit with the slap shot in the chest and a very similar situation to what happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin, where he just goes down and needs to be, you know, uh, kind of resuscitated. And, and, and that's it was that's downright scary, too. I've seen all of that. And I think the NFL did the right thing. They canceled the game. They suspended the game. They sent everybody home. I don't care about, I don't want to kibitz about the timeline. People get bent out of shape. Oh, they waited an hour. Why did they wait an hour? Listen, it's not my place. I don't care. They made the right decision, I think. Um, And the the people on ESPN that night, I thought did a good job. Lisa Salters, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, uh, McFarland, Susie Culber, you name it. Everybody except Adam Schefter, because I think Adam Schefter is a total fraud. Right. And I, I don't know if you can totally, I mean, come on, he's trying to force these crocodile tears for him and not look at the camera and try to do this. It's like, bro, you couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup and now you're going to act like you care about him. Give me a break. Like I, I'm, I'm not having it from, from him, but everybody else. Okay. Yeah. Nice job. Here's the problem though. Like, and here's where we're starting to, again, the longer a story sits, Ty, the more I think it becomes about, well, what's the next big message I can throw out there? What's the big thing? And we are starting to trickle over from covering a, a news story to like virtue signaling what we should be thinking and feeling 
going forward. And uh, we're starting to get there. Like I'm starting to hear athletes and the sports pundits and all those people get up there and go, you know, we got to remember that these are human beings that put their lives on the line. And, you know, these guys are true, you know, heroes here. And these, you know, hey, we got to, we might need to consider canceling the rest of the season and, uh, you know, canceling all the week 18 games. And, and I'm just kind of like, hang on a minute. And, or, and if you think anything other than that, if you think anything other than that, you are, a callous human being, you're a, poor, you're a horrible person, you don't care about people, all you care about is your sports, and blah, 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 blah. And they ca- I keep getting told time and time again how much these games don't matter. And it's like, okay, all right. So why, if they don't matter, why do we spend 12 months a Why do you, Ryan Clark, Dominic Foxworth, boom, everybody, why do you spend 12 months a year on my television screen telling me how important it is? Like why, if it's not that important, why are you on TV literally every day? Why are you in my face literally hours a day, hours a day telling me how important this is? And like, I'm just convinced, Ty, and I've been winding, I'm going too long here, but I'm convinced that like nobody hates sports fans more than sports media. Like they just, they look down on sports fans like, oh, you know, how dare you want to watch the Vikings play the Bears this Sunday when... You know, when DeMar Hamlin's in the hospital in critical condition, it's like both things can be true. Both things can be true. I can really hope this kid, first of all, he's not dead too, by the way. I want to point out that as much as these guys want to talk about him like he's dead, he's not dead and he's improving. But two, it's like I can want that kid to wake up and want what's best for him and root for him and, don't, you know, all that stuff. I can want that and still want the guys to play this Sunday. I feel like both things can be true. And I'm getting tired of being told I have to pick. Couldn't have said it better. This is for everyone out there. This is not rehearsed. It's not a bit. You and I have not talked about this. So I I did not know where you stood on everything. And I agree with you. I I was watching it live too. And I did not pick up on it. I saw the play. And then all of a sudden the next, you know, I saw an injury, which we're very callous to, right? They happen all the time. Even what we call scrambled eggs, right? Someone falling over. And, you know, collapsing like that, we're, we're kind of coarse to that too. Um, didn't think much of it. And then I thought that the, that the, the ESPN broadcast handled it well. And then I was a little bit too late to the party. I wanted to flip over and see how Peyton and Eli, I, were, I would guess they were, they were. I didn't check their game, but yes, I'm assuming they were yeah, there, but I'm I, sure they got them up and out of there pretty quick. Yeah, I flipped over to ESPN, too. I wanted to see kind of how they were handling it as well. I thought they handled it well, um, and I totally noticed the Adam Schefter stuff. The forced tears was was silly. But I, it was more the coverage I watched late that night, the next day. It was like... NFL Network was like, we cannot be a football network today. We have to be 24-7 talking about this subject that we know so little about, right? We saw the hit, we saw him collapse, and we saw an ambulance drive off the field. That's all we saw. We had no information, yet we needed to spend the whole day just hearing everyone's opinion on it. Everyone who knew just as little as we did. To me, that is right what you just said, virtue signaling. And that is a term that has come up a lot over the last few years in the the culture we live in. But 
if I was in their position, I'm not so sure I'd be comfortable speaking on it a whole lot either because you have to be so careful about what you say because one wrong thing and your career is over. Right? And you, you don't, and if you don't go along, if you don't yeah. go along with it, you know, then if you dare to speak about like the logistics of making the game up, which by the way, if the league doesn't want to make this game up, that's fine. Like, I don't have any objections to that whatsoever. If that's the precedent we want to set, that is okay by me. Like that, that, I, that is totally fine. So that's not that, but it's like, it's not, we, I, you know, I hate to be that guy, but it's like that question did have to get asked at some point. Like, I realized that maybe we didn't want to talk about it one hour after it happened. I totally understand that. But like 24 hours later, that's kind of got to get asked. Like, that's a question that, and and it doesn't make you a callous prick to ask that question, I don't think. Right. And I think it's also fair to say, it doesn't matter what you and I talk about on a podcast. It doesn't matter what I do with my free time, whether or not I'm thinking or talking or advocating for Damar Hamlin. He has a, uh, the best medical team, hopefully, in the country looking after him. So nothing I do or say is going to affect whether or not the guy survives or whether or not he has a positive health you know, outcome on the back end of this. That's fair to say, too, right? The people on ESPN, you're not necessarily helping Damar Hamlin's health right now. The more you talk about it, you're not you're not doing anything for him. I did see that there was some charity stuff that, you know, his charity – blew up kind of overnight and that's a good thing that that's That's terrific it's terrific i'm super happy about that my comeback would be where were all you assholes when he was still when he was struggling to get twenty five thousand people on his gofundme twenty five hundred twenty five hundred yeah where was ryan you know ryan clark is sitting there talking about you know he's he's a brother you know he's this that or the other thing dominic foxworth he's a brother of our you know it's like you know where were you when he was struggling to raise money for the toys two weeks ago Right. You know, it's like, oh, he's got so basically he's got to be near death for us to give a shit about that. Right. You know, it's like, the, you know, give me a break. And then the NFL comes out and sets this clear line. And, and in their statement, they said. Just to be clear, we didn't th- even think about rescheduling the game until right now. Now is when it's OK. We decided right now going forward, we can talk about rescheduling the game before. Now, we, we didn't even think about it. Didn't talk about it. Never was never even mentioned. Do you believe that, right? No, no, no. I don't the believe first that. Question, the first question. You yeah. know what it is. It's, well, it has to be. It has to be. Like, they run a business. I get it. We want to care about – I mean, yes, your first worry should be, is this kid going to be all right? 100%. 100%. But that doesn't mean that, like, the world stops. Like, the world keeps going. And that's been the case for sports and for life and for everything for a thousand years. And I'm not trying to be callous. I'm not. But like you're culturally conditioning. You're you're asking everybody to literally just stop. You're telling every sports fan, every team, every player, every sport. You're telling everybody in the country, just stop. We're not doing anything until he wakes up. It's like, what? Really? really are you sure because like last i checked you know when i had ill family members i still had to go to work like i still had to go to school i couldn't just stop right you can't just stop and this notion that we have to stop and wait how long and that's everybody that's all 32 teams that's all these cities that's everybody everybody's got to stop and wait 
Like, I, we can't we wait from a distance and move on and carry on and still follow and pay attention and care about this kid? I just think it's a lot right now, especially for people who, and I'm going to be honest with you, like a lot of these guys on TV, they couldn't have picked that kid out of a lineup three days ago. They're all acting like they're his best friend and they've been his friend forever. Couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup three weeks ago. So let's, again, just stop. Get off this righteous indignation uh, and quit looking down on a sports fan because they dared to ask if we were going to play a football game this Sunday. You know, Jesus Christ, you know, you ask us to spend money. You ask us to be invested. You ask us to buy these packages, buy the Amazon package, ask us to buy Sunday ticket. You're going to ask fans next year on Google and YouTube TV to pay $600 for the Sunday ticket package. And yet you're telling them, oh, but you can only be caring about it or be invested when we say so. When we say it's okay. You know, I, I, get, I get offended. Like, I get offended by that too. And that's why I hate the fact that the conversation's in black and white, Ty. I want the conversation to have some nuance. Can both things be true? Can we care about this kid and root for him and hope he wakes up? And hope he carries on. Yes. And can we care that the games get played this Sunday? Yes, we can. Because these are grown men who are who know the risks going in, who are compensated well. And it's not like they're not aware that this sport's not dangerous. The sport is dangerous and everybody knows it. But nobody's put a gun to any of these guys' heads and said, get out there. Nobody. Everybody's out there. Free will. So we either got to be okay with that or not, or board the place up and let's go home. It's one or the other, but you cannot have it both ways. Right. And on a similar but separate note, um, so I recently went through this with my dad with uh, cardiac arrest. Uh, Before that, I would have thought that cardiac arrest and um, a heart attack were the same thing. They're yeah, not. they're not the same thing. Disclaimer, uh, I am not an expert, not a medical expert. This is not a medical podcast, but some inside information of why the why information may be coming out so slowly um, is when you have cardiac arrest, your, your body goes through this very traumatic event and your organs swell up and, you know, are, are in tough shape and they don't um, – your body needs time to recover. So what they do after this cardiac arrest event where your heart is stopping, right? A heart attack is a blockage. Heart Cardiac arrest means your heart stops and stops pumping blood to your whole body. So they use this cooling mechanism where they cool your body down only a couple of degrees to like 96, 95 degrees. And they want to do it for 72 hours. So, and they basically say, we're not running any tests. We're not going to do anything for 72 hours because any tests we run right now, the body hasn't had a chance to, to recover. And this cooling process helps reduce swelling and it also helps uh, your organs, um, you know, kind of keeps them fresh while your body recovers. So that's probably what 
position he's in right now. And if if he's able to breathe a little bit on his own, that is very, very, very promising. Hundred um, percent. Because he's you know when they say that he's still sedated, they're going to keep him sedated for seventy two hours. Once they decide to sedate, they're going to keep you sedated throughout the whole cooling process. Um, you're not you're never going to be cooled while you're awake, to my knowledge. That's the way it was explained to me. So seventy two hours, and that happens immediately. As soon as they know it's cardiac arrest, boom, they're going to cool the body and and give you some time. So, you know, we're probably not going to know much until Friday oh, morning. Tomorrow, Friday morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, I appreciate that insight actually, because I really I didn't know anything. I don't know anything about that process at all. I mean, you know, I've come I have a family history of heart issues, but I certainly have not had experienced anything like like that. And I know you have, so. Right. Um, uh, for better or for worse on that one. But I do appreciate you sharing that. So that's good. One more note before I get to some golf. Um, I'm not sure if this has happened yet, but I think the Congress is in their seventh vote for a Speaker of the House. Uh, Ty, do you like the fact that 20 people can basically hold up the entire <laughs> the entire process of government right now? Like uh, they literally cannot do anything in the House of Representatives until literally Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert are satisfied. That is a frightening world we live in. Can I just say that for the record? Right. The only the only thing I like about the government is whether or not I care or pay attention. It continues to go on. And a lot of stuff has gone on today. I flipped on the news for a quick second, saw something about a failed eighth attempt for somebody to be speaker of the house and turn the channel again. I just don't, I'm numb to it. I just don't really It is care, fascinating that the party, you know, I will say, and I know that you're, you know, you fall on this conservative side a little bit, a little bit on the right. And I fall a little bit on the left. And, and I think most people who've listened to us kind of know that, right. That I think we're both a couple of moderate regular dudes, but you fall a little right. I fall a little left. Um, that's the one thing that's going to come that we'll have to keep coming back to is that the folks on the right just said, please give us the gavel, give us the power, give us the control, and we'll make some things happen. We'll shake it up and we'll make government accountable. And it's like, you can't even agree on basic stuff, guys. Like, this is why nobody votes for you. Like, you wonder why you lose elections. Like, this is why, because you have not shown that you're serious about like actually doing work. Like, you're not serious. Until you're until you're serious about it, you're not going to win an election. You got to get serious, and that's not to say that you know there's conservative policies that are very good, and we might be in desperate need of some conservative policies. But but good but but you got you can't we can't just continue to send out the clowns and 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 expect you know results here. You got to send out serious people, serious candidates. You can get some serious results. That's all I'm saying. Good God, this is fun. We're touching all. We're Touching them all here. Uh, this is the chop session. This is what I was hoping for with you and I to be able just to get back and forth on some things. I will say that there are there are some uh, bright politicians that I'm very excited about on the right, and very few of them are in Congress or their House. A lot of them are in state government and things of that nature. So because here's the thing: like if you're in state, if you first of all, if you win a state wide race, you actually have to appeal to a lot of people. Like that's the whole thing. Uh, this is why like a Lauren Boebert would never win in state office in Colorado. Never like could run for governor, senator. She'd lose, lose by a lot, by the way, too. Right. Lose by a lot. Uh, same thing with, I would argue same thing with AOC on the left or Ilhan Omar. They would never win a state seat. No chance in hell. There's no chance in hell they would win, but they can win in their little districts and they can keep winning for as long as they want. And that 
is what keeps folks like that in power. Like, and that's just the truth. That's yeah. the truth. If they ever had to run for a state office and be accountable to everybody, they'd lose. 100%. I was going to say that's a problem, but just as I was about to say it, I said, well, if we do have these small districts, don't they deserve some sort of voice, I suppose? I suppose that that's what, and if that's what they want, and that's why I don't get mad at an AOC or, I mean, I, I can get mad at Lauren Boebert because I think she's a little bit of an idiot, but I can get, and I can get mad at Ilhan Omar too, because I don't agree with a lot of her politics and certain, and I'm, and I'm on the left. I think she's a little more left than I am, way more left than I am. Right. But I, that's who she represents. The people who send her to off to Washington represent that value and right. that's who they send. And that's okay. I, I guess yep. I have to live with that. Yep. I, I am not an Ilan Omar fan, but I would imagine if I was, you know, a, a Muslim American, I, you know, that's important, right? Or if you're just really left, sort of like if you're young, if you're young and you're left and you want a lot of these government programs that she advocates for, right? Uh, the things that she advocates for, the things that an AOC advocates for, the things that uh, hell, you can go all the way out. Shoot, you can go out to Hakeem Jeffries, what they advocate for. That's or or you can go down the line even further beyond the squad. Just go find Nancy Pelosi in general. You just be like, okay, that's the folks who are voting her in and voting them in. That's what they want. Same thing on the right. The people who are voting in Matt Gates, who you know, I don't think Matt Gates has got a lot of integrity, but the people who vote for him, he does exactly what they want him to do. So there you go. Otherwise, he'd lose. Otherwise, he'd lose his seat, but he doesn't. Is Matt Gates the one who had the girlfriend who was supposedly a spy? Uh, no, that was... Um, the Florida... No, I think that's actually... No, that was an Ohio Congress. Isn't that Ryan? Tim Ryan? No, I don't think so. No, who was that? No, who is that? No, Gates is the one that's embroiled in the trafficking scandal. Okay. That's a tough scene. Bringing minors across... I think there was something like yeah, that. I, I think there's something. like, he's either got, he's either in it or he's got a friend. I don't know. I don't dare speculate. I'm not trying. It's a legend, a legend, a legend. It's all a legend. Oh no. It, yeah. Don't sue this podcast. Gates we don't is, have any money. Gates is a Republican. The person I'm thinking of was a Democrat. I'm trying to think of who it was. I feel like it's Ryan. No, it's not Ryan. It's Swalwell. Eric Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah, Eric Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Okay. There it is. All right. Now we've covered politics. Got that out of the way. Yep. Covered. How's your uh, off season golf? Have you swung at all? Come again? Off Have you swung at all in golf? In what? Golf. Off season. Oh, oh, golf. I didn't know there was an off season. No, there is no off season. I'm just wondering if like indoors you've done some swinging. Uh, very little. I Why? think you and I, you and I played at the simulator and that's the last time my clubs have been down from the rafters. They're in the rafters? They're in the rafters. Yeah. Oh, Ty, no. What's happening to you? I don't know. I want those down right now. Those cannot be. You know what in the rafters means? In the rafters means I only play. I only swing from when it's really nice out May to September. You're the four you month a year that. golfer. You know that I'm a fair weather golfer, but I but I ice fish and I can skate, so that's fine. I have never pounded a tee into the ground with a hammer. Neither have I. I use the I use the simulator tees in the in the in the when it gets really cold. And even then, I didn't play this year when it got really cold. I stopped at November 1st was my last round. I played around then. A little yeah. bit before that. If the temp drops below 35, I'm out. Like, there were people out there playing middle, late November before the snow really rolled in, and it was like 29, 30, 31, 32 degrees out there playing, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, that's just, that's not, that's not for me. 
That's not for me. But I've enjoyed the simulators this winter. I've been up to the ponds a few times. I've really enjoyed their sim. Um, me and you need to go play the Winter Sim League there next year. We got to yeah. go do it. Come I on, man. we were going to do it this year. It well, I would have done it this year, but I just think the timing was weird and you were moving and you're putting your clubs in the goddamn rafters. I mean, what do you want me to do? Well, they're in the rafters because no one, you know, no one will, will invite me. For out. the hundredth time, the invitation is always there. And aren't we going to build a simulator in your house? When yeah. did when were we going to do that? Soon. Whenever. What is soon? What is soon? Within the next 30 years. 30 years? <laughs> Jesus kidding. Christ. I'm going to be right. retired by then. Within the next year. Let's talk about that. Well, you got to let me over to the house so we can scout a space. Yep. And then we got to go get this done because the indoor sim, if I could just go over to Casa de Tai. And just we can play golf once a week over there. I'd be all about it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. Did the live golf stuff, did it finally beat you down at the end of last golf season? Like all of the live stuff, just week after week being bombarded with all this stuff. Did it finally just, did you wave a white flag? Yeah, absolutely. And it has continued throughout the whole winter. I yeah. until I until I saw some clip clickbait article. I didn't even know that the players were in Kapalua right now. It is Kapalua week. You know that. Yeah, it's I did. Big week until yesterday. What That's is it going to take to get you interested in watching some golf? I mean, I'm interested enough to watch. I'm just not necessarily looking forward to it as much as I normally would be. So like Kapalua, you're right. I will say this. I'm usually jazzed to watch Kapalua because it's prime time, Hawaii golf. It's cold out here. It's snowy. And I kind of, and I, and tomorrow night I probably will tune it in because it's cold, it's snowy, and I'm probably going to want to watch something. You know, a lot of good players are in the field. It's an elevated event. So I probably will watch it. Uh, But that being said, um, you know, you're right. There is there a lot of juice for the golf this year? Not 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 yet. Not so no. far. Hasn't been no. a lot of juice. And it, maybe there won't be any juice until next year when they get rid of the fall season. And this is the last year of the wraparound. Yeah. Um, but maybe then I'll get excited again. Or maybe we need to see this live thing. It's kind of either got to shit or get off the pot, right? We either need to see this live thing survive and become part of the ecosystem or it needs to die. I do. I'm coming more and more comfortable with the fact that there's going to be some sort of deal and these players are going to be able to cross over. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means these guys will just come back for the majors, you know, in a couple events a year, their favorite events, or if it means these guys will play a full schedule and play a few live events. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, it's probably the first one, unfortunately. The, the sad part is these guys show up to Kapalua and the article I clicked on was about players being asked about you know, more live defections, you know, or would you be surprised if there's more live defections in the next few weeks? And they said, no. And they asked specific players like Patrick Cantlay, you know, why well, are Cantlay there sounds like he's you? not going to do that. Cantlay sounds like he's not going to Xander sounds like he's not going to. Well, what I read about it was he was just like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can neither confirm nor deny. In other words, the problem live has, and I'll continue to say this, it's the same problems you and I talked about in the middle of the summer last year. And the things that we've kind of been waiting on for some, just some clarity, we haven't been able to get, right? We've been begging, hey, what's your TV structure look like? Hey, 
what's your schedule actually? Like, what is your schedule, your full 2023 golf schedule going to look like? What channels are you going to be on? Um, who's all playing? Do you have everybody? Like, do you know, they, they keep telling us we got five to 10 more guys coming in. Okay. Where are they? Who are they? What teams are they on? Uh, do we know anything more about this team structure? Who's going to captain what? What does this look like? Why you should know, we care about the teams? Right? Why should we care about the teams? Do we give a shit? Oh, you're playing at the Greenbrier. Okay, great. Of course, nobody cared about when it was on the tour. Fantastic. Oh, good. Oh, you're playing at Valderrama. Of course, nobody cares about. Great. Fantastic. I'm sure Sergio will love it. And again, a tour that says I'm a world tour Okay, you're a world tour that's playing, again, 80% of your events in the United States. So, like, like, what are we doing? I just will continue to ask that question. Like, what exactly are we doing? And I don't, I don't know the answers. And if you're not going to get world ranking points, and you shouldn't because your events look nothing like everybody else's events, what are we talking about? Why are we doing all of this? And, and, and how long can this model sustain itself? I, don't, I still don't know the answer to any of those questions. I'm still waiting. The Masters should be interesting. Yeah, the Masters ruling on that they'll let the live players come in under the current criteria, which is the right decision. Like Cam Smith won the Open last year. He's earned the right to play in the Masters for the next five years. So, and DJ, Phil, Bubba, Serge... Reed, all of those guys have earned the right to play there. All of them have. Now, the rest of those guys who are dropping like rocks in the ratings, you know, or the guys who won other majors, like I think Brooks still has some, some, uh, some time. Bryson has time because they won other majors, so they might be able to still be getting in and be exempt. But like, yeah, the Taylor Gooches, the Louis Oosthuizen's, the Brandon Graces, you know, a lot of those guys that, you, you know, they're not going to be there. Like they're just not, eventually they're going to run out of time and they're not going to go. Ian Poulter, Westwood, you know, all those players are not going to be invited. And that's going to start happening for all the other events unless they qualify for them. Like go out and qualify manually, go out there and go to the qualifying sites and earn your way in. Which if they did that, I wouldn't have any problems with that. What's the seating arrangement at the championship dinner? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> the champions dinner. Like are Tiger and Phil going to be right next to each other? I have, boy, could you imagine if uh, the Riddler, Fred Ridley, sat there and said, uh, you know, Tiger, uh, we'd like you, to, uh, <laughs> like you to have a seat next to Phil tonight. And could you see Tiger going, uh, yeah, Freddie, that's uh, not going to work for me. Could you imagine Fred Couples? Yeah, Fred I mean, sitting by Fred's pretty outspoken. Fred has said, I don't see myself talking to Phil anytime soon. Like, could you imagine if he's got to sit next to Phil? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it feels like a dicey. But I tell you what, I agree with John Rahm. I'd love to sit there and watch it. Oh, man, right. would that be worth its weight? That, they should almost televise that event. <laughs> it would be so good. <laughs> uh, I want to talk um, New Year's resolutions with you a little bit. It's a new year, 2022. Tough year, right? Tough year for both of us, I think, right? Long year, struggling year. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff there. Golf-wise, we struggled. I don't think either of us had our best golf years. Uh, 
you know, you did get a, you did move into a new casa, which is very, I'm told it's nice. I, I've never been invited. So I couldn't tell you if it was great or not, but uh, I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, but 2023, what is the, I don't want to say resolution or goal or whatever it is you want to call it, but like what, what are you looking at in a big picture setting for the 12 months? What do you see for yourself? Like what is a golf goal? What is a, you know, just a regular old day-to-day goal? Is there a weight target you're looking to get to? Something, I don't know. What are you thinking about for New Year's resolutions? Definitely not a weight target. I've tried that in the past. And, uh, you know, Tim, we were very, very original with our uh, New Year's resolution. Kayla went out and got me a gym membership the other day. I know that's never been done. So we're going to try that. Okay. I was there yesterday and today. Nice. Uh, but I decided I am not, I'm not doing the weight thing because – too often, you know, you get a you get a hot start, you lose your water weight, whatever. You drop ten pounds in the first two weeks, and you're feeling really good. The third week, you know, you you wake up and it's easy to do, right? But then the fourth week, you don't you you lose a half a pound or you gain a half a pound. Yeah, you're like eh, is this even worth it? I kind of you know, kind of put myself through hell the last three weeks, and I didn't even lose any weight. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting on the couch eating Doritos. So I'm not going to do the weight thing. Uh, today at the gym, I was walking on the treadmill and I decided, you know what? I'm not going to push myself. I'm just going to try to be more active, right? More consistent. I'm going to go to the gym and do what I want. And if that's sit in the hot tub for 45 minutes and walk on the treadmill for 10, that's fine. I'm just going to get out more um, and just feel good about my fitness. Um, as far as fitness goes, that's, you know, health. I'm similar. We, we went back to, we went back to lifetime. It's the only gym we like. Yep. I like that they provide towels. We went to the like towels. they don't provide towels. I like towels. I like towels. I, it also just feels like it's more of an adult gym versus a kid's gym. The Y still feels like a kid's gym. Lifetime feels a little more like an adult gym. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not – I do have a weight target in mind, but it's really more about maintenance. I think when you get to cross over this 40 threshold, I'm 41, it's about like, you know what, I'll live with the dad bod – it's just got to be within, you know, we just, we're trying to keep it between the mayo and the mustard here a little bit, trying to keep it between the slices of bread. And uh, that's what, what's all we're focusing on is just how do we keep it within this little 10 pound weight number. And, and I do think, yeah, a lot of that is just getting out and going to the gym, you know, holding yourself accountable, going to the steam room, going into the hot tub occasionally, Getting on the treadmill. Yeah, you don't need to balls out. I'm not playing pickup basketball or anything like that. Um, not doing anything I don't want to do. I do agree with that. And part of it is nine-tenths of it is just getting out of the house in the wintertime. Right? We have this four months where we're really just stuck. Whether It's not like we can go to the driving range at 6 o'clock at night and go hit balls. Which is what I like to do in the spring and summer. You know, if I'm getting a little stir-crazy, 6, 30, 7 o'clock, I like to go hit a bucket of balls. And that usually gets me right where I want to be. Can you imagine if there was a gym where you could hit balls out into the winter oh, God, sky? Be, be amazing. I, I don't understand why this state does not have more just indoor dome driving ranges. Like the one we had in the North Metro, they got rid of and turned it into a tennis facility. It's like, who, who the fuck plays tennis? Like nobody plays tennis. Uh, get, 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 I really get, don't know anybody who does. Get out of yeah. here with this tennis bullshit. Like – Get me another golf dome, especially just right up 65 here with all the golf courses that are up 65. 
And with all the stuff that's up on this highway, why not get me a golf dome where I can go hit balls in the winter, round the clock? I swear to God, if I won the lottery and I had money, that's what I would do. I'd buy a plot of a, maybe 200, 200 yards worth of land, you know, of, of, of land or whatever that is. A couple acres, three, four acres, whatever it is. Enough for a parking lot, enough for a dome that goes out 70 yards where people can hit. 20, 30 stalls, hit balls. I guarantee you we'd make money, Ty. I don't know why we don't do that. Come up with a business plan. When you hit big, when you, when you, one of us hit it big, we got to do that. Okay. We got to, that's just got to be our retirement business. Has to have a nice putting area. Yeah, indoor, indoor putting, putting thing. Area. Tim and Ty's putting emporium. You know, a golf emporium right there is what we, good time emporium is what it could be called right there. TT's? Uh, T and T, T, I'm sure people will get the wrong idea. They'd be like, what kind of place is that again? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the. <laughs> Could be like I, golf domes kind of like mesh together. Yeah, that bit. would be exactly what it would look like. It would look like um, just a well-endowed, especially from the from the like a drone cam. Could you imagine imagine how that would look? Makes me nice. think of the guy in Little Nicky with the boobs on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want Little Nicky brought up on this podcast, but then here it is. Well, here you should have let me know. Now I know. You're, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know we would go there, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, there's that's the that's kind of the weight part of it, I guess. The what about the uh, is there a golf resolution? Is there a number? I don't really have one specific to this here, but I would love to be more consistent with my mid-range stuff and my chipping. It's not even a consistency thing with chipping. I just need to like learn how to chip. You need to chip more. That would really help. Yeah. You need to go get a shag bag, sit on the sit at the practice screen and just chip for 2 hours. See, I will say though, as far as practice facilities around here, when it comes to chipping, you can go putt anywhere. There's not a ton of great facilities around here that are super inviting, you know, for someone to show up for an hour. And, you know, unless you're a part of a golf tech or something like that, it's not, it's not the most accessible space. You know, I'll you give you victory at the driving range. I'll give you victory is very good. I think victory is really good. Out of the sand? Do they have they have a they sand have bunker. Sand? They have sand. Yeah, they have a bunker you can practice out of. And they welcome you to come whenever you want? 100%. Okay. That's the one. I, when I need to work on the short game, it's Majestic or it's uh, or it's Victory. And it's not close. Those it's are not, my choices. It's not bunker where they close their practice facility? Yeah, you can't ever get on their practice facility. Although I love their range itself. But yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I need to become more consistent with the mid uh, the mid game, the driver too needs to be better. I got to, I got to do a lot of stuff better. My goal this year is I need to make, uh, it was a weird year because I did make more birdies than I ever have, but I've made, I made more doubles than I ever have, or I have in a long time. And I need to figure out how to like, I want to try to get back to basics a little bit. Like, let me try to like keep big numbers off the card and do a little bit better job of picking and choosing when to go for it, when not to go for it. Uh, and it's kind of a page out of your book a little bit. When we played, I remember when we first started playing the ponds, you and I, like you would tee off with six irons, five irons. I'd rarely ever see you go for a driver because you could hit a six iron 200 yards and it was disgusting. But I'm not saying I need to hit six irons, but what I'm saying is I, I probably need to take the driver less and play back more. Like just play a little more conservative, play to the seven iron distance or whatever that is. 
and just figure out what that is off the tee to get to a seven or an eight iron and just hit that and only hit the driver when it's wide open and there's no risk and we can take the, you know, whatever it is. We don't have to step on it every hole. Uh, I just think that there are times where I'm, I'm just too quick to do that and I need to, to, to avoid that. So I need to get better. I need to get back to the basics of course management, I think is my, my main goal. That's something that I always, it's not necessarily like a, I go into a year thinking it. It's I need to remind, I need someone to remind me every round, think about your round, you know, think your way around this golf course, because that's the biggest stroke saving improvement I've made since I was in high school. It's just thinking your way around a golf course, literally thinking, is there any way I'm going to make a par from here? No. So bogey's my new number, right? And bogey might be just punching the ball out, right? There's there's no advantage. If I go over this, do I even have this in the bag to go over this tree and land on the screen? If I don't, don't even try. You don't have to try the hero shot. I can't yeah. putt or chip. So even if I hit it up there, I'm going to make a double anyway. So just yeah. punch out. Take your need medicine. to stop. Need Move to stop on. making doubles. Yeah, the doubles, triples, man, were just killer. Even in the sim, like I'm finding, even this year in the sim, this winter, I'm still making triples and quads in the sim, which never happens, by the way. Never happens. Like normally, I can you, you can get lucky and for, you know work your way around, but I'm having some trouble with that. So I, I don't know. I got to work on it. It's, I got to get better at it. Got to get more confident in what I'm doing. So that's a big resolution. Any other I, resolutions? I think the listeners out there deserve to know that, and I could be misremembering. It was a few weeks ago, but you and I did go to the simulator. Yes, we did. I think I beat you twice. You beat me twice. But in Crushed me twice. Crushed. I will. I'm man enough to admit this. Tim is a better golfer than me. No question. There's no nah, question about uh, it. No, 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 no. Nah, there's no question not, about nah, it. I have the you're number. Better, the handicap number says that. But you're no. a better golfer than me. But the ultimate equalizer is a perfect lie every time and when you get that you know you know i know the boosters say they're not on but there's a little bit of a booster in the in the sim so i gotta drag you up to the ponds to see that for sure <laughs> by the way do you want to apologize now to viking to- no, you, I, you, I was going to talk about that in just a minute you i was going to talk about it just i'd like to think i did it i'd like to think i had a reason for them to stay i think i think i won them over with my conversation I'm just giving you crap. I know. Now go ahead. Finish your point about the driving, about the simulator. No, I was just saying that the listeners out there deserve to know that it beat you twice. And you did. You know, that That's doesn't fair. happen. I do, uh, maybe not simulator wise, but I think I beat you one time this year. I think it was at Troy Burn. Before that, I hadn't beat you. In didn't didn't you beat me at Sand Valley? Hang on. Didn't you beat me at Sand Valley or no? No. No. I think you beat me by a stroke or two. That was just that was just nothing but guile getting me around that course. I think it was eighteen. You that that last hole. Yeah. Well, you couldn't hit two better shots, and you were still like a three wood out from the green. I was driver three wood, three wood, and I was still short. I had to wedge on. We were into a (laughs) twenty-five mile an hour wind and a five hundred and ninety yard par five. I think you made par, and I think I made par, and I didn't. But no, I think you beat me at Sand Valley. It was close, but. I'm almost sure I beat you at Troy Burn, but that might have you been. Did, the you first, crushed me at Troy Burn, killed me at Troy Burn. That might have been the me. first time out on grass in at least two years, maybe three, that I'd beat you. So 
just think the listeners need to know. That's fair. I we'll do keep not an think that's a trend. Year. I don't think that's a trend. Well, we'll work on it. I'm trying to, I'm, I'll try to get more consistent so I can hang with you. The bottom line is this. If you're driving it in the fairway at 280, 290, you have such an advantage. It's not even close. Like, it's just not. Like, I can't, I can't win the arms race with you. And so, like, if you're driving it straight, I have to just hope you're crooked. Because if you're not crooked off the tee, forget it. Because you're going to be wedge, nine iron, pit, you know, into every green. And I'm eight, I'm six iron, seven iron, and five iron. And it's like, I'm going to lose if, that, if that's the case. Like, if it's not, if you're digging it out of weird lies and fishing it out of the trees and dropping three, I can beat you. But if you're hitting it straight, forget it. So, so I don't know if you and I have played at Greenhaven, but I'd like to play at Greenhaven because it doesn't matter if I'm driving the ball crooked there. No, it's fair. No, it's very fair. I'd be happy to. I struggle there. I broke a club there this year at Greenhaven. Not even on that. I didn't do it on purpose. Like, honestly, it was the first hole. Green. Did I tell you this story? No. So we're at Greenhaven. I'm, I'm out there with my guy, Patrick. And we're, I hit the first ball right. So I grab my hybrid. And the ball goes nowhere. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, I just took a normal swing. And I literally, it's like I missed the ball. I look down. My club has broken off the the shaft. My hybrid just snapped. That that it's only been played for this year. I literally played like the 70 rounds on it. That's all that's ever been played. And my four hybrid just broke. So I went the rest of the round without a hybrid and was just kind of muddling it around the golf course and played okay. Like I think I shot 83 or something like that, but like it was I'm I'm like what a horrible way to start. You know, a horrible way to start. So Greenhaven has no driving range. Right. And one hole into the round, I'm down a hybrid. And the problem is, is I get, you know, I'm upset because I see this broken club and I kind of eh, throw it to the ground because I'm like, I can't believe this. And of course, morons are looking at me going, that guy broke his club on the first hole. What an idiot. I'm like, no, I didn't break the club. It wasn't me out of anger. It just happened. Right. It, I, what do you do? So. I'm trying to rebuild my bag. I'm trying to kind of rebuild what I have. And there's a little bit of a challenge in that. So, right. yeah, broke a club this year. Not out of anger, but just broke it. It's been a very – it was a very frustrating end of the season. I did not play good golf at the end of the year. It was very, very frustrating. Well, nobody can rebuild a bag like you. You – every time I play golf with you, you have your, – your two iron sets from when I played with you last. That's not – well, this year it's not the case. This year I am still with the same iron set. I didn't even know you had the TP70s or whatever the until we played P770s, the yeah. yeah. Well, we made the switch in June of last year. I made a switch. Uh, we just traded straight up the Mizunos for the, the P770s. Would you have used and those at Troy Burn? I had them at, uh, I had them at Troy Burn. Okay. So then I had them at Troy Burn. Uh, I didn't have them at Sand Valley. I played the Mizunos at Sand Valley. Yeah. So – but that's what it will be in the bag this year. Uh, the only thing that we're messing with right now is we're we're toying with a seven wood instead of a four hybrid. We're toying with that. We're going to see if we like that better. Just make sure you don't have anything Callaway in your bag. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Callaway have to go Titleist. We got. I might have to re. I'm, I'm thinking of reshafting my Callaway though. I'm I'm thinking of reshafting the Epic and putting it on a stiff or something like that. Right now the Cobra's in the bag on a extra stiff because I'm doing some experimenting in the. Uh, I simulator. love. This is not. Please don't take this the wrong way. I love an extra sh- stiff shaft. I just no, think- let me get that on a let me get that on a sounder here. Let me get that isolated here. We'll get that isolated. Put that on a sounder for you for later on. <laughs> that was when you come on, gift wrap for you. <laughs> I appreciate you very much for that one. But yes, we're paying attention to that. Other goal is just um, I I think 
the biggest resolution for me to kind of wrap on this is I think it's again a, com- a renewed commitment to being present. Um, you have to be present. I, I continue to stress that to the people I talk to, the kids I talk to. We're so like into everything and we're thinking three weeks ahead, two weeks ahead. We're constantly in our phones. We're constantly uh, being bombarded by different things. And it's just really important sometimes to to just be present in the moment and and try to have me. This part of the reason why I like our pod is it's just you and I going back and forth for an hour and you sort of got to be present for an hour. You can't just tune out and veg out. And not saying there isn't a time and a place to do that. You can veg out every once in a while. But I got too many students who veg out seven hours a day at school. And it's like, I I want you to be more present. And I need to do the same thing. I got to be more present. I think we all do. I like that. So if there's not a message to take out of that, I got to continue to work on that. That's my resolution for the year. Right. So not specifically about golf. You're just talking every day. Yeah, not and, and, and but golf too. I think it does apply to golf, right? Like I, I have to like this shot. Let's pay attention to this shot, this hole. Too often, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I am the fastest golfer, you know, right? Nobody plays a faster round of golf than I do. Um, I'm not saying I want to become a slow golfer because I don't want to become a four and a half hour golf guy. But I could stand to take an extra two seconds, five seconds before every shot and make sure that it's the shot I want and and analyze the situation and be present and take in the vibe of the day, right? Take in the, the, the surroundings, the scenery. If I could do over my Sand Valley round again with you and we go to Mammoth Dunes or we go down to Iowa this spring, um, one of the things I want to do is just, you know, let's make sure I take time. I kind of like the fact that we had to walk Sand Valley because it does force you right. to at least a little bit have to take it in. Yep. You got to take it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do more of that. One thing I thought I did a good job of was when I thought it was my last round at Viking, I really took the time to like take it in and observe the hole and remember the hole and all that stuff. And because uh, I really thought it was my last time playing it. Um, so I, it's, and I found, I enjoyed that round a lot. Don't even care what I shot. I don't even know what I shot, to be honest. I just know that I enjoyed the round and, and had a good time around it. And I need to do a better job of that hole for hole shot for shot and just have a good time. I got to do better at that. Well said. I will say this though. We are right. You did mention it. So Viking, I, we owed it on this podcast um, cause it looked like it was done. All signs were pointing to it was done. Uh, the deal fell through with the land developers. It sounds like. And so they're going to play golf this year at our home course. I'd like to think I had something to do with it, Ty. Like to think I did. Yeah. Like to think we did like yeah. to think we did here at the pod. Why not? No. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a golf course that. That gets used. There's, you know, a, there's a lot of people that, that just, they don't care about having a golf course that's in perfect shape. You know, it, it it's one of those golf courses. It reminds me it's, it's, it's not quite as, as rough as the Sandbrook, but it's also yeah. one of those golf courses that, that like, there's some cool holes, right? It doesn't matter if, whether the green's in perfect shape or the fairways are rolled. It's like, 
you can just appreciate like, oh, this is a cool hole. I like the shape to this hole. You can tell there was some thought there. Yeah. Um, I felt that way at Sandbrook. Like, you know, that that par four that's real tight and it goes left, takes driver out of your hand. Like, that's yep. a cool hole, you know? Yeah. I do miss that hole. nothing to do. You know, the, the, the shape of the course has nothing to do with whether or not it's a cool hole. Yeah. And Viking I mean, has a lot of that. Yeah, Vikings got a lot of holes. I think one at Vikings a lot of fun. I always enjoy that first hole. Uh, I love. I enjoy eighteen. I love seventeen. I like even with 11. the giant tree. Well, eleven I like with a, the barn. Eleven with the barn is hard as hell, yep. but I, I've loved that hole. Um, Ten, eleven, and twelve in general. I just it's really hard. It's a hard stretch of golf. You have to hit good shots. Twelve, the long par three. Long par three. Yep. Ten, eleven, and twelve. We call it the Trinity. John and I do. You know, you got to hit good shots. Like you cannot hit bad shots and survive those holes. You got to hit like five good shots. You know, with three good drive, you got to hit two good drives. You got to hit two good iron shots, and then you got to hit a, maybe a fairway wood or or a long iron into the par three, and that's it. Like you got to do it, and you got to do it, or otherwise you're going to pay. You're going to pay a big price, and that's fun. Like that's fun sometimes. So I'm really glad that they're open. And again, it goes back to there are kids that need a cheap place to play golf, and that course provides it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm grateful, and I'm glad that people are keeping the course open and that they're going to play golf there this year. So shout All out right. to those guys. Yep. We'll be there. Yeah. Ty and I will be there. Maybe on day one. Yeah. Well, we maybe, maybe so Ty. I mean, who knows? We might, we might be there on day one. Yeah. Who could Ty, I've enjoyed hanging out with you for an hour. Um, big, we did end the fantasy football season with co-champions. Derek and Jesse are going to be the champions for the year. Co-champions heading into the draft next year. Um, I know that, you're excited to host live the draft once again. I, th- I Yeah, I think it's going to be some good juju. I know I won a few years back. I would guess that I hosted the draft that year. So, yeah, I think I think that uh, the odds will forever be in my favor. The mission that you might need to find, because we I don't know if I want to do the online thing for the draft part of it, you might need to go find us an auctioneer. Or we might need to go collectively go need to go find an auctioneer. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> well, especially one who actually can do the, the, the 25, 25, 25, 35, 30, who's got 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, who's got 35, 35. For what it's worth, I thought you did a great job, but you're in the league, right? You want to take part in the draft. It's it's, it's difficult to. Yeah, I have to leave it to my associate when I have to do the, when I have to do the auctioneering. You, I have you, to leave it to my, my you associate. Can't, you can't trust Nick with anything. <laughs> you can't trust him. That's why you guys are, that's why you guys were in the championship this year. No, well, we weren't. We were semi. We, we semifinal. We've been in the semifinal every god. We lose to all kinds of bad luck. And this year it was Gardner Minshew deciding he was Jalen Hurts and going for forty-five points. Like that right. was great. That was, yeah. And Tua getting his brain scrambled. Which, by the way, nobody cares about that. But Tua yeah. getting his brain yeah. scrambled in the second quarter. Yep. Um, and throwing a bunch of picks and Tyree Kill not catching any balls. Yep. So the Tua thing ejected me from my semifinal matchup in my other in, in the league that I'm the commissioner of. So yeah, it was unfortunate, Ty. What was not unfortunate was getting a chance to talk to you. We need to do it more often. So we either need to coalesce around the big golf events, or we just need to continue to work in these little chop sessions every now and again and see how we do. Well, for sure, majors. And yeah, in between those, I like the little, not to steal the pod puri thing, but but that type of thing. Do a little thing. Yeah, we got to do a little catch up, a little tie in, a little tie in Tim shoot the breeze type thing. We'll work on it, Tyus. Good stuff. Uh, nice to see you as well. Happy New Year, and uh, invite me over soon so I can take a look at the pad. Sounds good.
All right, buddy. Good to see you. And on behalf of, uh, obviously, thanks to Ty. And we're going to go want to go find our pod. Please go ahead and do that. Uh, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can go find the YouTube channel as well and subscribe to that. At uh, I think that's Tim Anderson Podcast. Um, you can find us there uh, and you'll be able to see probably the video pod of this. I'll have that up soon enough. But the pod itself you can find anywhere. So please uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, so till next time for Ty, uh, this is Tim saying keep your head up and we will see you.